You're listening to the Fruition Podcast, the home of eBay, Amazon, and e-commerce design optimization. For more information, visit fruition.com. Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Fruition Podcast. My name is John Hayes, and today I'll be continuing my conversations with inspirational online sellers. Today I'm joined by someone I think many eBay and Amazon sellers will identify with. Like many other marketplace sellers, Vanessa McDowell's online business can best be described as a side hustle. But what makes Vanessa's story so fascinating is her adoption of sophisticated sales tools. She's also unafraid of the kind of hustle both small and large sellers need to commit to to stay relevant and sell more online. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. Can you briefly introduce yourself to the audience? Tell me a little bit about your life. Okay, so I'm a working mother. I work part-time as a, a personal assistant. I've got two kids, but they're a bit older now. One of them's at university and uh, one of them's in high school. Um, so I started out, I always had a bit of an entrepreneurial bench. As a, as a teenager, I had various little businesses that I would do. You know, I'd do, I'd do babysitting, obviously, but also uh, cleaning, gardening, organizing children's parties, <laughs> anything I could think of to make a few quid on the side. Um, now, later, when I was a little bit older, I actually worked with uh, a bunch of guys from, one of them was from New Zealand, uh, one of them was uh, Italian, but grew up in Australia. There was three South African guys and a Canadian girl. <laughs> uh, this was this was in Dublin, and they had set up a business basically making leather goods, like belts and hair slides and pendants and various things. Um, and I worked there for some years, part-time. And we did all sorts of stuff. We had, we had like a market stall in Dublin. We'd set up a few extra at Christmas time. We used to go to various festivals around the country, you know, and set up pop-up stores and things like that there. So from that time, I always sort of had the idea that that's something I could do. You know, if I ran out of other things or didn't find something I wanted to do, I'll just, I'll just have my own business. So, uh, but then I actually ended up sort of working in much more normal type work, you know, admin stuff and that kind of thing for many years. But I did actually start because I was part time when my older daughter was young. And so I started actually selling on eBay then. That was back in 2005. So I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> then when my young daughter was born, I quit the job that I was doing then and was just doing eBay and Amazon for, for quite some time. Okay. So what actually introduced you to, to online selling? How did you discover it? Um, so, well, really what happened was I had inherited some money and I'd, uh, bought a house, a very small modest house, but I bought a house and furnished it and, and this and that and the other. And I was down to sort of the last thousand or two of this money. And I thought, oh my God, I can't just spend the rest of it. And then it's just gone. That's stupid. I need to use it to do something. Do you know what I mean? To make some more, to generate some more money. And um, so I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And I'd recently sort of, I mean, I knew of the existence of eBay before that, but I'd recently sort of discovered it for myself and had been buying some things on there. And so I thought, well, that seems like somewhere where I could do something. I could sell something without having to have a shop or this or that, or you know what I mean? There's very little overhead, isn't there? So then I thought, yes, yeah. so I started looking into that to see what actually sells on there. Okay. And what was the first first item you sold? I, I don't remember the exact first item, 
but it would have been um, I bought some um, cosmetics, basically branded cosmetics uh, that would be well known to any of the girls out there listening. Um, they were like Urban Decay and Too Faced. Um, and I found a wholesaler here in the UK that was selling sort of discontinued Urban Decay and, and Too Faced cosmetics and started selling those. So it would have been yeah. a Too Faced lip gloss, probably. <laughs> Okay, so you actually went out with the intention of finding products to sell online. You you didn't start by selling your old household items or stuff. You no, no, no. It was always it was always right. Okay, I'm I'm going to see if I can make some money doing this. When did you realise there was an opportunity to make more serious money? Well, I started that with the idea of you know if I can make an extra sort of fifty quid, hundred quid a week. You know what I mean? Just as extra money coming in, spending money if you like, that would be good. And um, it was in the run up to Christmas when I started, so I did that quite easily. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that was that was quite easy, you know. And I, I kind of, you know, I've been looking around online and the various forums and this and that and the other, and people are kind of going, oh, you know, it's hard to make money on eBay these days, and you can't make money sell, selling branded products and da da da. And I was like, well, they're wrong. <laughs> And it didn't seem to actually be very hard. So, yeah, so I, I kind of kept that up and then made it a bit bigger. I mean, over the years, at various points, it's sort of been bigger or smaller, depending on what else I'm doing, you know. So at that time, I was quite busy with my work and with various other things and charity stuff, this, that and the other. So I didn't have a huge amount of time to spend on it. So it was just about maximizing the time that I had. And in later years, I had a bit more time and expanded it a bit more. You know, it just sort of ebbed and flowed with whatever I was doing. Which is, yeah, the perfect example of a, of a side hustle, really. So something to complement you know, your lifestyle, and as you say, your pay for Christmas. It's, it's interesting what you were saying there about the online forums, because there can be a lot of negativity <laughs> in there. And yeah, somebody said to me once, you know, talk about empty barrels making the most noise. There's a lot of people <laughs> moaning on, on the forums at the moment, particularly um, about sales falling off a cliff. And, you know, nobody has the God-given right to sell more on eBay and Amazon. You've you've really got to work at it and you've got to hustle and you've got to adapt to change and, you know, you've got to look at optimizing your listings uh, and, and so on. So I do wonder if people spend less time sitting on forums telling other people they <laughs> couldn't make money on, on eBay and Amazon. Yeah, perhaps they would um, yeah, be making more money. So how did you source your, your first products? Uh, so that, that was the cosmetics. So um, this is many years ago now. <laughs> sure. I'm trying to remember how I found So I had a look on eBay and I saw that there was people selling makeup and that that sold very well. So I thought, well, where are they getting it from? They must be getting it from somewhere because this was branded makeup. It wasn't like their own brand or something. So I just started searching on Google. Basically, Google is your friend. <laughs> you know? uh, looking for, I think, the kind of search term I was using was high-end cosmetics, designer cosmetics, and just kept looking till I found something. It can take a while sometimes. I know this from from other times uh, after that when I've you know decided to change what I'm doing or change what I'm selling or whatever. It can take a while. It does take a bit of persistence. It can maybe take a couple of weeks, you know, three weeks even to to really nail down what can I sell and where can I get it at a price that I can make a profit. Okay, so you were using eBay uh, as a research tool to see um, what was selling, and then you went out looking for the products to meet that. So you never relied on, on that gut instinct, you know, this will sell. It was all research based. No, no, and in fact, 
I mean, I, I'm sure some people out there, you know, are very good at, at having the right gut instinct as to what will sell. But in my experience, it's never been successful. And I haven't done it much, but there has been the odd time I thought, well, yeah, that would go well. And then next. Yeah, to me, it always has to be you go and see what people are searching for and what people are actually buying. Now, you can then you know, do a different twist on that or something related to it or whatever. But, I, you know, and I've helped friends sometimes uh, set up their own little side hustle. And I've always said to them, never, ever, 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 you know, see a product and go, oh, I bet that sell well on eBay and buy loads of it. Just don't do that. And then sometimes they've ignored me and they go do that. And then they're like, oh, it didn't work. And I'm like, well, yeah, I did, I did say not to do that. I think a lot of time, a lot of people look at their hobby and think, oh, I could make money out of this. And there's an awful lot of other sellers on there and they're buying from the same suppliers and the margins are wafer thin. And then you get into that inevitable you know, race to the bottom. Obviously, on, on a channel like Amazon, that can happen very, very quickly. On eBay, it's a little bit different because you own the environment. Yeah. And you can optimize your listings. Talk to me um, about the importance of spreading your risk, about finding different products and being agile in your approach to avoid that race to the bottom. It, it's a good idea to have more than one marketplace on the go. Now, I've only ever really had eBay and Amazon, uh, but I do know other people who sell on Etsy or uh, not on the high street, you know, various different places. Obviously, you know, there might be different products for each because you're not going to send branded products on Etsy, for example. <laughs> But you could have different lines of products for each marketplace. Uh, that's always a good idea, not having all your eggs in the one basket. Um, I've had suppliers closed down before, um, you know, that I was sort of relying on uh, or just stopped selling the things I wanted and so on. So it's always a good idea to have, again, maybe a few different product lines as well, different types of products, even if they're related, and also have some backup sources, you know, um, like over the years, I've found a lot of products that could sell. And, you know, just due to my own not being interested or not knowing a lot about that product or whatever, I've kind of put them to one side. But if you make a note of those at the time, you know, that's a good idea because you can always then if, if something goes wrong with what you are doing, you can go back to, okay, well, what else did I find that would sell and I was able to get at a price I could make money on? There's another way you can do it. Uh, the race to the bottom, yes, that does happen on Amazon because everybody's on the same listing. So one person reduces the price, the next person reduces the price, and off you go. So at times, what I have done is just hold on to stock. Um, particularly, uh, like recently, I've been selling toys. So I will sometimes hold on to a spare room full of Lego until either Amazon or other sellers run out of it and then stick it on there and actually make a lot more money with it that way. So that's one way of doing it. The other, obviously, on Amazon is to have your own product you know, and your own trademark. And you do see a lot of sellers doing that now because then nobody can jump on your product page. They can always set up their own in competition, but at least they're not directly, you know, there on your page at a lower price. So that's another way of doing it. Sure. That, that might seem a bit daunting to somebody just getting involved with online marketplaces, setting up your own products. But um, you found quite an easy way um, of doing that. And that, that, I guess, started by sourcing products from, from China. Yeah, that's right. So I've been selling cosmetics for quite a while. It was, it was, it was two things about it. One was that it was a bit limited because I could only get hold of so many things, right? So I wanted something that was a little bit more scalable you know, um, and didn't require constant hustling to find the product. 
Do you know what I mean? Because sure. when I was selling cosmetics, I had, I don't know, 10, 15 different suppliers. I had to have that many to have enough to keep, you know what I mean? Because they'd have different things and some of them wouldn't sell in the UK because some of them were in the US and this and that and the other. And it just was quite a lot of having to keep at it, <laughs> you know, and that tends, that does often tend to be true with branded products, particularly if you're buying sort of clearance items end of line because they run out and then you've got to find something else. So I wanted something that uh, I could, you know, have a constant supply of for starters. And then there was also some, you know, trademark issues with cosmetics and brands getting excited about you selling them and this and that and the other. So I decided just, okay, let's put that to one side and try something else. So again, researched on eBay, um, basically just taking it really broad first, looking in like, I think it was home and garden. Okay, well, what sells in home and garden? You know, and then I found there was quite a lot of sort of decorative things and stuff like that and party stuff. And, and so I narrowed it down to wedding items. They sell a lot, both on eBay and on Amazon. And then, okay, so what within those can I source? And I found some wholesalers in the UK for some of the things and this and that and the other. But I was like, mm, margins weren't great. You're in competition with a lot of other people. Da, da, da. So then I saw that a lot of people were selling these little crystals, like little scatter crystals that you put on tables or you can fill vases with. Or, you know, they look like little diamonds, but they're made of acrylic. So I was like, okay, well, where can I get these? You know, so I started searching for wholesalers and found that there was a lot of wholesalers on Alibaba selling these things. So I was like, okay, so. That's where I went, uh, rather than looking at UK wholesalers. So I was now looking at China. Um, so I basically, I looked for the person with the lowest minimum order quantity <laughs> that had good feedback, basically, is how this went. Because, you know, I didn't want to throw, like, that. I didn't have thousands of pounds at the time to throw at it, you know. I wanted something that I could spend a few hundred pounds on and test it out and see how it goes and, and that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, my first order was like 300 pounds, 300 pounds worth of these crystals. And then I literally just, you know, bagged them up myself at home and started selling them on eBay. Um, and that went really well. You know, it actually was, was quite good. They weren't, they're not expensive items. They're only about six pounds each. So not huge, but the profit margin was quite good because it was about two pounds fifty on six pounds. You know, after you've taken off all the packaging, postage, eBay feed, everything. You still had 250 left for each one. So it was quite a good percentage. So yeah, so I was selling those for ages on eBay and then adding different colors and sizes. And, you know, I'd have like a multi-variation listing, which is always a good idea on eBay because it increases the sales history of all of them. You know, so if somebody goes looking for blue crystals and red crystals and pink crystals. If you send them separate listings, you don't build up as much sales history on the one listing. Whereas if you have them all in the one, you end up you know, the top of the page sort of thing. And uh, yeah, so quite soon I was a power seller, as it was back in the day. I think it's, it's a top seller now, isn't it? And then I, I can't even remember how this happened, but I, I was looking on Amazon. I think I'd been listening, I'd been looking on forums and people were talking about, you know, who had been selling on eBay, to, selling on Amazon. It was never something I'd kind of known much about. And so I thought, oh, well, okay, well, I'm already selling these crystals. Well, can you sell those on Amazon? So I went and had a look on Amazon, and there was a couple of sellers selling them, but, but that was it. But the ones that were selling them were selling quite a lot, it seemed, you know. I didn't know back then quite how to do the research on Amazon, as I, as I later learned, but it's actually, at that time, without sort of seller tools, it was a bit easier to do on eBay. But yeah, but it seemed like they were doing all right. So I thought, well, I'll chuck some on there and see what happens, you know. And they went really well. So I then got properly set up 
on Amazon, you know, with a business account and and so on. Uh, the, the one mistake I made is that I didn't trademark it. So I didn't get my own trademark and get my own branded packaging. And because I didn't really know about these things at the time and I didn't understand how Amazon works. That, you know, if you sell a generic item, well, anybody else can come along and sell it on the same product page. And by the time I did learn about it, it was too late. <laughs> you know, and then I think I did that for a couple of years. That went really well. They were very small and, and light. And Amazon didn't yet have a small and light program, which they do now. But it meant that it was actually cheaper for me to post them out rather than send them in to be fulfilled by Amazon, which is unusual. Usually it's cheaper for, to get Amazon to do it, but just for these particular ones, because they, they fit into like a, a, a large letter envelope that we have in the UK. So it's quite cheap to send that way. Okay, so back in the early days of um, yeah, selling these products, you were packing and picking yourself and taking a walk to the post office. How did that go? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was fine at first, <laughs> but obviously as, as numbers increased, so I now was selling them on eBay, selling them on Amazon, and I'd expanded my product line as well. So I had more different colors and different sizes, so I was selling more. And I would sometimes turn up at the post office with 50 parcels uh, to send out. I would, when when they were all sort of uh, the smaller ones, it was okay because I could actually put a stamp on them. I could put a, a large letter stamp, so it wasn't so complicated. But when it got into sort of, you know, people are buying two or three packets at a time, so you've now got a bigger parcel, so you have to go to the counter. And, yeah, the other people in the queue didn't always like me. <laughs> I would try and go at quieter times, but sometimes, you know, I'd have been at, at work and then picked my daughter up from school, gone home, packed up the orders, and it's now sort of, Four, half four, which is when it gets busy at the post office because I was like, oh, it's going to shut soon. And so, yeah, I wasn't always the most popular person. Pension day at your local post office must oh, be. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Although the pensioners tend to go early in the morning. From my experience, um, you, you discovered fulfillment by Amazon. How much easier did that make your life? A lot. A lot easier, yes. Um, Gosh, I mean, one Christmas, I was selling lots and lots of um, Christmas decorations. Again, before that got too competitive. But (laughs) now I'm sure there is. I'm sure if I were to relook at it, I could find, you know, some products that nobody's selling that that are kind of popular. And I'm sure I could. But anyway, at the time, I was selling uh, Christmas decorations and quite a lot of them. It was going really, really well. And if I'd had to pack and post because they were all different sizes, different shapes, because I was selling them on eBay as well, and it really was a bit of a pain uh, having to package all these individual parcels and, and so on. Um, whereas Amazon, I could literally, because they're fairly smallish items, I could literally fit 100 in a box, just barcode them with the Amazon barcode, send them to them, and they take care of the whole thing. So it cut down the workload. And since I only had limited time, that made a big difference. So can you talk a little bit about the, the process of, of sending goods to fulfillment by Amazon? I know a lot of big sellers, they'll do sort of a whole Excel spreadsheet, you know, and they fill in all the different things they need to fill in and, and upload it. Um, because I've often been selling, uh, like in recent years, I've been selling branded toys. So I might only have a few of each one. So it's easier. Basically, you go on Amazon, you find the product page, click on, you know, you got one to sell, sell yours here, and then just fill in the information. And then it'll ask you, do you want to fulfill the item yourself or do you want Amazon to? So you click on Amazon and it then brings you to their sort of um, their workflow page where, you know, you then can add more items and so on. Um, that actually, just to, 
clarify because somebody might want Amazon and go, but I can't see that button that says, you know, sell yours here. It's not actually on all product pages, particularly if things are uh, what they call gated, where, you know, you have to be approved to sell them and so on. And so the other way of doing it is in your Amazon seller account, you go to add a product and you search either by the barcode number or the name of the product or whatever and find it and then add it that way, which you can do even if I haven't got the sell yours here button. Uh, so basically, so then you just fill in all the different items that you want to sell, how many of them you've got, what price you want to sell them at. And it then, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact order of things here, but you go to a page where you then fill in whether any of the items need preparation. So for example, if they're a, a cuddly toy uh, that's made of fabric or something, it has to go in a sealed plastic bag with suffocation warnings and all that, you know, just all the regulations that are related to these things. If they're liquids, they have to go in a sealable bag. You know, there's various different things. And um, if it's just a, you know, a plastic item in a box, you're good. You don't have to do anything. Then you go to a page where you print off barcodes. Now you can actually have Amazon put on the barcodes for you. Uh, I think they charge you. I don't know what the charge is. I know it used to be like 20p per item, something like that. So for me, it's not really worth getting them to do it because I can just print them off, stick them on myself. It doesn't take that long. <laughs> and then you literally, you get some big boxes, which I buy on Amazon. So you just basically put everything in the box, fill any gaps with packing material, whether it be like bubble wrap or those air cushion things or, um, you know, when you buy stuff on, off Amazon and they send you in a box with packing paper, you just save all the packing paper, basically. <laughs> And then put that in, <laughs> whatever you can find, you know, um, and tape it up, print off the label for the shipment. So you've now, you know, you now put the, put the labels on and you complete the shipment. It, you have to enter the weight, uh, things like that, the size of the box, the weight, and then it allows you to print off the labels. And it's actually quite cheap. It's, it's not expensive to send stuff into Amazon. They're partnered with um, UPS. Uh, I think they're partnered with various other carriers, but the, the one that's most convenient and nearest to me is UPS. Um, and it's literally like a few pounds to send a big box up to 15 kilos. So, awesome. I guess for, for larger sellers, um, we recently shared a blog post on the Fruition blog um, talking about how you can actually ship your items direct from the manufacturers in China all the way to your fulfillment centers in the in the UK and in Germany and, and also the US um, as well. So, if you're a larger seller going up to um, yeah, sort of single container size, um, that process becomes incredibly easy. Yes, it does. It does. And if you're doing that, you can you can go about that in a couple of different ways. Because I did actually investigate this because I was at one point I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to make a proper big bigger business out of this. For various reasons, I never did that. It's still there. It still may well happen one of these days. <laughs> Um, but yes, but I had sort of looked into all the ins and outs of, of how one goes about these things. So you can get your, so say you've got a manufacturer in China. So you can get them to put your barcodes on, in fact, and do any packaging that's needed. Or you can just, you know, get them to package it up. Amazon will come and pick it up with this new service where they literally is like door to door sort of thing. Ship it to the UK or the US. And then you can just have Amazon barcode it for you. Like I said, you know, they charge 20p or whatever it is uh, per item. But for the for the convenience of, of having it shipped straight there, not having to store anything, you know, it's a small price to pay. But, but you can probably get your manufacturers in China to do it cheaper. 
Sure. That's really is the dream. It's it's like a laptop business. You you don't need office space. You don't need warehouse space. You don't need to be optimizing boxes and packaging material and you know dealing with hundreds of couriers. You know you can just buy products and everything else just happens um, you know automatically if you're buying the right products at the right price and I guess that's where uh, people make their, their their money have you had any bad experiences with um, FBA uh, I don't think you'd find an FBA seller who hasn't <laughs> Okay. I, I mean, you know, you were talking earlier about how people on forums they tend to be quite negative, you know, about eBay and Amazon and so on. Now, I've, I have moaned about them myself. I will admit this, but in general, I'm not because my viewpoint on it is, you know, yeah, you, you know, you can get into the nitty gritty of it, and they don't do this right. And meh, 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 meh. But the thing is, you, you know, as a little seller at home, or even a bigger seller that doesn't have, you know, huge warehouse space or brick and mortar space. Where else are you going to find somewhere where you can put your products in front of millions of people? You're not. You're not going to do it. You know, I always think these people that are like, eh, 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 I don't want to pay this percentage. and da, da, da. Like, okay, well, go open your own shop and see if you can do it. Then. <laughs> I think they actually provide like an amazing service in one way. But yes, there are, <laughs> there are issues. Uh, so one thing I found is um so say I've sent some products into Amazon, and for one reason or another, I need to get them to return them to me. You know, it's, maybe that brand has become gated and I'm not approved to sell it, so it's just sitting there, I can't do anything with it. Or I realize that I've made an error, I've put the wrong barcodes on, this has happened, you know, I'm sending the wrong products and then going, oh no. <laughs> so I've had to get them to send them back to me. Um, and the problem with that is almost every time they do, the products are damaged. Like, without fail, almost. I don't think I've ever got something returned from Amazon in good condition. And to a far greater degree than if you're buying stuff as a consumer. Because I bought stuff as a consumer, and yeah, there might be the odd little scuff or this or that or the other, you know, that's happened in the post. But generally, they arrive in good condition. But for some reason, when they return stuff to sellers, they don't seem to care. Okay. <laughs> I've not had an issue as a buyer. It's only as a seller. <laughs> so what's, um, what's the biggest mistake you, you've made in your side hustle? And any regrets? Um, okay, biggest mistake. Gosh. There have been one or two occasions before I really learned the lesson that I've bought stuff that I thought, oh, yeah, that'll sell well. And then it didn't. And it because I hadn't based it on proper research basically i hadn't thoroughly gone and looked at what sells um so i have done that a couple of times i think some of those things are still sitting in my garage <laughs> um, and then other regrets well like i said you know i've always sort of had the um i think i kind of have the know-how to turn it from a side hustle into a bigger business um and i just haven't done it you know, for various reasons, you know, other stuff going on, be busy doing this and that, the other, children, da 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 But it's also just procrastination to some degree, you know. Um, that, and I think uh, I've then let the years go by and it's become a, a bit more difficult to do. You know, I know people say, oh, it's all saturation, da-da. And yes, for, for a lot of things it is. You can't just go buy some hairbrushes and sell those and expect to make a profit anymore. It is a, a bit of a different market, but there's lots of different ways to go about it. Um, and I've often sort of done all the research and then kind of 
you know, maybe check it out at the last minute or, you know. So, yeah, at some point, I think I need, I do need to really make a big go of it and, yeah, see how it goes. Sure. I mean, the right opportunities happen at the right time and for the, and for the right reason. So, um, yeah, I'm a great believer in your know, doors never closing, you know, or if one does close, a window opens somewhere else. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're, you're clearly a busy woman with lots of balls in the air when things change, you know, perhaps that's the time to pick it up. So what advice would you give to someone thinking about setting up a side hustle on eBay or on Amazon? The most, 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 most important thing is research. That is, to start with, before you do anything else, do the research. Because if you don't, you're just going to be throwing money away. And also, you'll then get the idea that it can't be done. Do you know what I mean? If you if you make a mistake, you know, to, with two or three different products, you will kind of go, oh, well, it's not possible then. Whereas if you've done the research first, every time I have actually done the research and gone, okay, this is what I'm going to sell. I'm being a bit nervous about it, a bit like, oh, I've just spent, you know, a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds or whatever on this. Is it going to work? But it always does because I did do the research first. So that is, that's the number one thing. Um, and then test products. If you can buy a small quantity of something, like say, okay, so say you're, you're looking on iBob and you found suppliers, but they, you know, you have to order 500 of something or whatever. And you're like, oh, but I want to see if it sells first or da, da, da. One thing you can do is either ask them if you can buy a few samples. Now it won't, it won't necessarily then have your own brand and so on, but just to test the product itself, if you can sell it and um, ask them for samples or go over to AliExpress, which is more of a retail site because you'll likely find the same or very similar items on there and you can buy, you know, 10 of them and uh, try those out and see, see how that goes. That, that's interesting because um, I'm a great believer in testing. I yeah, I come from the world of email marketing where testing is absolutely everything. And I really believe a test never fails if you learn from it. And if you buy 10 items, even if there's no margin in those 10 yeah, items, you've it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And if sold, you've learned a valuable lesson and perhaps you lose money on it and you decide not to sell, but you've lost you know, 10, 20, 30, 100 quid as opposed to 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, whatever. So, yeah, that's that's brilliant advice. Well, I'm going to say thank you very much for joining me today, Vanessa. I think it's been really, really interesting. And I think a lot of people will identify with your story as a side hustler on eBay and Amazon. I know I'm increasingly meeting a lot of people at the eBay roadshows who have come to the World of Online Marketplaces particularly since since covid and yeah. you know they're they're enjoying the experience and they're looking for advice on stepping up the game and i think you've shared a lot of great information there without you know giving away any trade secrets which i think is an <laughs> important piece of advice so um thanks for your insights we'll hopefully speak to you again on on a future podcast sure yeah we can do that Awesome. Well, thank you very much for tuning in today. My name is John Hayes. You've been listening to the Fruition Podcast. We'll catch up with you again very soon. You're listening to the Fruition Podcast, the home of eBay, Amazon, and e-commerce design and optimization. For more information, visit fruition.com.